Hi, this is Jake Turner for the Turning Points Podcast. This is your home for the best guests. Calvin Watkins, sports writer for The Athletic, about to make his debut for BobMcGinnFootball.com. He is Mark Eccles. And the best takes you won't find anywhere else. And I don't like hype machines. Niners are going to be pretty good this year. No. Find this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's time to get to the turning point of the sports world. crazy to me. I got up at two, I was up till two o'clock in the morning and I was doing pack a day podcast and I got serious, serious praise for it. And I was very happy about that. Now that is a podcast that covers the Green Bay Packers. Now you think that I would just be all Packers, right? Wrong. Actually, I feel like the most entertaining story of the preseason, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's the Minnesota Vikings. And also another fact here, I can't believe I found this guy. I haven't talked to him in years. In fact, he's probably the only person that I still talk to from high school. Well, he is pretty much the only one. But he was able to be very nice enough to join us here. He's been doing great things in Minnesota. And he is the host of the Draft Rap Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at, at Luke underscore Spinman. And he covers the Minnesota Vikings. And the Vikings won 21 to 20 last night. He's Luke Inman. And Luke, how's it going? Jake the Snake, man, long time coming. Uh, like you mentioned, man, we we graduated together, and and although we haven't kept in in, in touch in, in in a little bit, it's just been such a pleasure to watch you from afar through uh, Facebook and social media, Thank Instagram, you. all that good stuff. Because you, my friend, ha- have really uh, done a tremendous job in your broadcasting career and and, and adventure. So. Uh, on behalf of me and everybody uh, else, we're rooting for you, man. You're doing such a great job, and, and it's a pleasure to be on with you today to talk a little bit of bikes. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you on here on uh, the, my Turning Points podcast here. All right, so let's t- let's talk about the Vikings here. Another win at the end of the game, 21-20. to 20. You know, last week had a tough loss to the Jaguars, but, you know, it's preseason. What was your thoughts on last night's dress rehearsal? Yeah, I think, you know, the all-important third preseason game, there's, there's unlike the other three preseason games, there's actually quite a bit to be taken from there. And I think the biggest thing that I was looking for, and I think a lot of fans was looking for, like, the defense is going to be great. The defense is going to be in that top five, mm-hmm. top three category. Virtually every single starter coming back outside of Sheldon Richardson's a new acquisition. And, of course, the uh, first-round pick, Mike Hughes, will be rotated into the mix in that secondary. But... Kirk Cousins, arguably the biggest free agent acquisition of any team in the NFL, really hasn't uh, uh, re- taken advantage, I'll say, of some of the deep balls, the deep shots. We haven't seen a lot of creativity from new offensive coordinator uh, Coach Filippo. I was looking for a couple more aggressive downfield shots from Kirk Cousins, but at the end of the day, Jake, uh, he, he uh, you know ends up with, with some good plays, short and intermediate. I think the big thing is the offensive line has some question marks right now. Mm -hmm. Pat Elfline is still hurt. When is he going to come back? Great center rookie year from Ohio State last season. Uh, They're rotating some guys in like Avante Collins, uh, Tom Compton, a new one, and Danny Isadora from Miami. So I think Kirk Cousins is just trying to get comfortable. It's a new playbook. It's a new surrounding a new team altogether, and I think, again, Filippo is kind of holding his cards to the vest so far, and we haven't seen much as far as 
the real playbook and the real play calling, the creativity that I'm expecting to see starting in week one against San Francisco. He's Luke Inman, uh, host of the Draft Rap Podcast, uh, joining me here on Turning Points. Uh, you talk about Kirk Cousins, you know, he had 17 for 28, a buck 82. But Kyle Sloter, right now, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the backup here. He went 11 for 15, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Are the Vikings looking at him as the backup to Cousins, or is it still Trevor Simeon? Well, they have to. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, Jake, uh, Sloter has outplayed Simeon uh, in every single outing so far. Mm -hmm. and, and let's take it with a grain of salt here. Simeon's been going against a lot of defense number twos. Sloter's going against a lot of threes, but the stats and the production aren't even close. I mean, Simeon ends right now with a 57% completion percentage. Sloter's at a 73% completion percentage, not even close. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and of course the comeback kid again last night. Uh, I think he's doing all the right things to earn that number two spot. Keep tabs, real close tabs, and a, and a close watch next week, that final preseason game. Not going to see much Kirk Cousins, if anything. Again, it's going to be Simeon versus Sloter to earn that number two spot. In my eyes, though, Sloter, again, w without even kind of any knee-jerk overreaction, Sloter has just simply outplayed Simeon uh, every single outing so far. So I think last night really put the stamp on that, as Sloter should be the Vikings' number two quarterback going into the season. You talk about number two, Devontae, uh, excuse me, uh, Latavius Murray has really stepped mm -hmm. up his game uh, from last year in the preseason. Wouldn't you say that he is also playing for that job behind Alvin Cook? Oh, no doubt about it. I think you go back and you look at what DeFilippo did last year for the Super Bowl Eagles, it was a rotation, man. I mean, and clearly some guys, talent-wise, you would say are better than others, but at the end of the day, LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, who they got halfway through the year, Wendell Smallwood, uh, you know, even Darren Sproles in the mix early on before he got hurt. Uh, I think that, you know, expect as much as we want to root for Dalvin Cook coming back from that ACL injury, uh, certainly he's going to be the focal point, but I think just going off his track history, DiFilippo is going to use Latavius Murray quite a bit. And I hate to tell fantasy owners this bad news, but Latavius Murray's probably going to chew up some goal line carries. He might be a, a touchdown vulture as well for the Vikings. So I certainly expect Dalvin Cook to be utilized a, a lot. But does that necessarily mean as the, the focal running back? Maybe not always pending week-to-week -week game plans. They're going to move him around a lot like they should. A phenomenal pass catcher out of the backfield. Again, gives you the home run uh, kind of type of swing on any, any given play. But I think Latavius Murray, make no mistake, he's going to be a focal point for sure in a Mike Zimmer, old-school kind of team and defense. They're going to want to run the ball and play physical in both sides of the trenches quite a bit. Latavius Murray, I think, is going to be more of a focal point than I think people think with Dalvin Cook coming back. So why does Dalvin Cook have potential to be a top-five running back then? Why is the media falling in love with him and he hasn't even played it down yet, aside from yesterday? It's a good question. It's a good question, Jake, and you're certainly um, you're certainly right for asking it. It's the home run hitting ability. Look, through three games last season and then into the Detroit game at home week four when he ended up tearing his ACL, the dude looked like a stud, just plain and simple. He looked like a home run splash hitter uh, that any given touch, he could take it the distance. And again, in a pass-happy league now, he has to be able to 
running backs have to be able to do both, not only run in between the tackles, but catch the ball in the backfield and be able to block. Cook looked great on all three phases. And again, he was on pace, had he stayed healthy, to probably end up with 14 to 16 touchdowns and well over 1,200 yards plus 40 to 50 uh, catches in the air, uh, it, it, it's, it's understandable why the media, the national media, is very hyped up about this kid. But at the end of the day, again, when you want to get into maybe a little bit more um, fantasy aspect, I'm looking at guys that are the clear-cut, sole number one running back and aren't competing with anybody else. Talking about a guy like Todd Gurley, of course, Le'Veon Bell, uh, even David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley. I mean, Leonard Fournette, those guys don't really have a lot of kind of teammates that are going to steal or vulture some of those carries. Latavius Murray, uh, ever since he got healthy from that tough ankle injury coming out of Oakland, um, he's looked very effective. And again, as what I think Mike Zimmer and Filippo are going to want to do this season, grind defenses out third, fourth quarter, in between the tackles. Hey, Cook will be the guy. Uh, to start the game as a starter, but Latavius Murray could end up seeing more action in the third, fourth quarter than I think people think. We'll take a break and we'll have more with uh, Luke Inman of the Draft Wrap coming up here next on Turning Points. Fans, let's talk about absence and nothing more absent than NFL fans without their football. And just two weeks away, the Green Bay Packers will be taking on the Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field. But you know what? You need a little release. You can't just sit around waiting around because you just don't get that Packers talk. Well, there is some great news for you. In fact, Andy Herman of Cheesehead TV, this was his own concoction. He was able to gather over 20 people, including Zachary Jacobson, to talk about this. And it is called Pack-A-Day Podcast. Yes, it is your 24-7, 365-day-a-year podcast, courtesy of the Green Bay Packers. In fact, this is how dedicated we are. Are you ready for this? At 2 o'clock in the morning, myself and Mark Eckel, 32 years in the business, will be making his comeback for Bob McGinn Football. Ball.com. We did a 30-minute podcast and broke down the Packers and the Raiders post-game. We talked about who's what we believe is going to happen during cut day. Is there going to be any trades? I mean, that's just a sampling of what is able to happen with Pack-A-Day Podcast. In fact, there's a guarantee, a guarantee that Pack-A-Day Podcast, you will get one every single day of the week. And it doesn't matter what the news is. It's going to be Packers-centric. It is your home for Packers Talk. It's 24-7, 365 day a year, Packer Day Podcast. Now find it on iTunes, Buzzsprout. It's there. All you have to do, simple. Just go to Packer Day Podcast, subscribe to it, and you're going to get access to some of the best Packer Talk, Packer Day Podcast, your 24-7, 365 day a year podcast of the Green Bay Packers. He's Luke Inman, host of the Draft Rap Podcast. He covers the Minnesota Vikings, joining us here on Turning Points. Let's talk about Mike Zimmer here for a minute. Not only does he bring in Georgie Loka, a very good safety from Cincinnati who was just released due to financial reasons, but he also had some interesting comments about the helmet rule after the Jaguars uh, game. What is, what is it about this helmet rule that gets on Zimmer's nerves? Well, I think it's, it's kind of taking out uh, what we've always grown up as football fans, you know, thinking, watching, breathing, eating football. It's a barbaric sport, man. It really is. It, mm-hmm. It's some of the, uh, you know, most athletic guys in the world, bigger, 
stronger, faster than they've ever been. It's a new era, and when those guys are going full steam, uh, yeah, uh, odds are probably somebody's uh, going to be prone to getting hurt or injured. Now, I am all for 100%. I know Mike Zimmer is, too, keeping these players healthy, but so far, Jake, what we've seen in the preseason, mm-hmm. uh, they've almost taken this too far, so to speak. So I'm trying Agreed. my best not to overreact. Uh, I'll let some some other people do that for me because I'm hoping once the regular season does start, I'm hoping they will dial some of these uh, personal foul calls back a little bit because right now, again, there's some plays that uh, I have my hands up in the air and I'm at a loss for, as are a lot of other players, experts, analysis, coaches, you name it, that I don't know what else this guy's supposed to do. So, you know, I'm hoping that, again, they're maybe going a little aggressive in the preseason just to kind of set the tone a little bit. But once regular season starts, I'm hoping uh, that they kind of dial those calls back a little bit. And if they don't, uh, they may be in trouble as far as losing uh, losing some, some of the fan base, I think, because so far some of these calls have been downright atrocious. And the I think Antoine Williams. So far. Yeah, the Antoine Williams one I thought was a load of garbage because, you know, they're uh-huh. saying, like, he's has his weight on the quarterback. Well, duh. I mean, that that's well, football. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, like he's winning. What do you want me at, to do? Yeah. Luke, it's not even like... What do you want me to do? Right, it, Luke, it's not even... It's not like he went after him with his helmet and shot into him like a missile off a submarine. I mean, he right, was just doing right. a, a clean, there, clean hit. There, there is no malicious, uh, you know, intention there whatsoever. Especially for uh, Again, they said he used his body weight. Well, help. one of his knees was already on the ground, so it's not like you can get that much momentum or more body weight into it. Uh, I think, you know, in today's day and age, I always say this, I would never want to be a ref. They have one of the hardest jobs out there, and I think uh, on a lot of close bang-bang plays. It's tough to make a judgment call, but that's what they get paid to do. And I'm hoping, too, that if they're really going to go on with this uh, and really stay as aggressive as they are, maybe there's a a way we can, and I don't want to slow the game down any more than it is, but maybe there's a way you know, coaches could challenge a call like that or, you know, have the, all four refs kind of look at it together type of thing because as of now, again, what, what we're on pace for, uh, this could be an ugly season because, again, a lot of defenders uh, are just at a loss and it's really not fair. At the same time, though, I mean, they're getting a re-education in there and I'm getting kind of tired of seeing it in high school and college. You know, they're pretty much like targeting the head here. Right. I mean, it's like that—that's absurd. If you watch the Purple People Eaters of the '70s, if you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. you never saw Joe Green shoot into somebody's head helmet like a missile. And that's the—that's the kind of thing that they need to start understanding here. I mean, I, I shouldn't be wrong in thinking that, but I think it's just give it some time. There's going to be some growing pains, and let's let this thing move on here. Speaking about moving on. The Vikings cut uh, Kai Forbath. Now, this team has had so many issues with kickers. Blair Walsh, Forbath, what makes this rookie Daniel Carlson any better? Well, so far, uh, you know, the biggest story when you wake up this morning uh, is, as a whole, in a bad way, was the performance of, yeah, rookie kicker Daniel Carlson. Uh, I'm never an advocate of using draft picks on these specialists, one, I think it just gets in the psyche. I mean, half this is mental for a lot of these guys. It's like golf. Some of these guys get the yips. It's true, they do. And I think that (laughs) when you use a 
high draft pick on some of these kickers and punters, uh, the expectation, the bar, is immediately set so high that sometimes it's just not even fair for these kickers to come into the league as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, and have to be put in these pressure situations. Now, again, that's their job. They signed up for it. If you don't like it, hey, you can go do something else. But I think that, uh, you know, at this point right now, again, after winning the job last week, uh, the Vikings cut Kai Forbath. Carlson misses not one, but two 42-yard attempts, both oh pushed left. And, and, you know, again, I, I just think that um, you mentioned growing pains with the rule changes. I yeah. think that Vikings fans are going to have some growing pains with Daniel Carlson. I think, without a doubt, the ability of Daniel Carlson was head over heels better than Kai Forbath. But, you know, Jake, in, in uh, on, a, on a roster and in a team that has their sights set on a Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's something to be said about being able to throw your kicker and feeling good and confident and knowing that those 30, 45 yarders uh, are going to be made a lot more times than they're not. And, and after uh, last night, I just don't see, see uh, Daniel Carlson having a lot of confidence. Now, there's only one way to get through it. you got to just go out there and, and, and as soon as you can try to attempt another one because uh, you know it only takes one to get your momentum back into it and get back in the swing of things. But uh, certainly, again, after, again, they cut Kai Forbat, not what you want to see from Daniel Carlson, who's got a monster leg and is doing some really special things on kickoffs already that I know special teams coach Mike Creeper really likes to work with and enjoys. But I think, again, in a Super Bowl kind of caliber team and roster, boy, you better be able to go hit those 30, 40 yarders a lot more times than not. Otherwise, like you saw last night, when Janikowski can go hit his two and you're missing your two, that's the that's going to be the story and that's going to be the difference in the game. Unreal. Right? I, Janikowski. You can't make it up. You, you can't make, I saw that and I'm like, yeah. you've got to be kidding hey, me. Hey, remember when the Bucks drafted Robert Aguayo two oh seasons ago? They had the second round pick Ooh. on the kid. And immediately I just felt so bad for him. I go, that, that second-round pick for a kicker, that's impossible expectations to live up, up to. And as soon as you miss one, everybody's going to be going, oh, my God, they use a second-round pick on this guy. <laughs> well, they're not going to hit every one. And then it gets in these kids' heads a little bit. It becomes a mental aspect. But, uh, again, I think that uh, Carlson, uh, long story short, he's going to be a really good kicker in this league. He's got the talent. He's got the leg. He just needs to go out there and be a little bit more consistent. I never thought asking a question about a kicker, but it was it was actually pretty interesting, <laughs> Luke. There, <laughs> he's Luke Inman, also the Draft Rap Podcast, and uh, covers the Minnesota Vikings. Joining us here on Turning Points. Final question, Luke: uh, The Packers revamped their defense. The Lions got Matt Patricia as a coach. The Bears are the media darling right now. Where do the Vikings go in 2018? Well, it's a good question. I mean, again, the expectations could be higher. Nobody knew what they were going to do with the quarterbacks after the end of last year. Case Keenum, you keep the Minneapolis Miracle guy. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I think, stole the hearts of a lot of fans. Uh, And I think at the end of the day, you know, again, this defense is Super Bowl caliber. I don't think uh, I'm surprising anybody when they say that. They should have a top three defense. What Mike Zimmer has done now over just four years, taking literally the worst defense in the league. And I mean, Jake, a lot of people already forget 
They were breaking records last year. Third down completion percentage was off the charts. It was like 25% uh, teams were, were converting on third down. It was insane. So everybody's returning. Sheldon Richardson comes in in the mix at the three-tech. I'm expecting uh, the defense to not skip a beat. Offensively, though, in a again, in a, in a pass-happy league, can Kirk Cousins be the guy? Can he win big games? I don't know. I've talked to a lot of Redskins people. They say, uh, some people say you're getting a, a perfect guy for the situation. You're surrounding him with a lot of talent. Uh, and right. then some people tell me that he's never really been able to win the big game. So I think that it's going to be, uh, just like you saw last year, heavy defense-oriented, um, don't turn the ball over, make some plays, some splash plays when you need to with guys like Stephon Diggs, Thielen, and as you mentioned at the top of the hour, Dalvin Cook. Offensive line by far, Jake, the biggest question mark. Uh, Pat Altline, oh still nowhere to be found. Not sure where he's going to, uh, you know, not sure when he's going to end up coming back. Uh, and then there's just been a plethora of, of, of kind of uh, low-key injuries. You know, guys just aren't healthy yet, and I think with Kirk Cousins, he just wants his starting five set in stone so he can work with these guys, grow some cohesiveness or chemistry, if you will. Um, at the end of the day, to answer your question, though, Jake, 13-3 and three last year, pretty unrealistic, I think, when you look at the schedule. Yes. Uh, really tough schedule. I mean, Jake, just the first three road games alone at Lambeau, oh, boy, at the Rams on Thursday night football, <laughs> and then at the Super Bowl champion Eagles, so... Talk about a must-win week one against the Niners at home. Uh, I certainly think that the schedule, and again, there's no gimmies in this NFL league anymore, but the schedule uh, certainly is not going to give them any favors. But the talent on the roster, and now with a veteran savvy journeyman like Kirk Cousins, I'm expecting 10-6 and six realistically. 11-5 uh, and five would be great. Nine and seven again. If a guy like Daniel Carlson ends up losing huh. a game or two, uh, is not uh, not something that I'm I'm going to put past this team. So uh, at the end of the day, again, tough division too. You mentioned it. Bears, another great draft. <laughs> Lions and Matt Stafford are always good for eight wins. And I wanted to ask you real quick before you give me the boot out of here. Yes, sir. I'm a big draft guy. I love, and I also hate it as a Viking uh, <laughs> fan and, and a guy who covers the team. What they did with the draft, not only did they steal yeah, an extra first-round pick next year, but they got two phenomenal cornerbacks coming yes, out of the draft did. as far as prospects. Tell me, how has Jair Alexander from Louisville and Josh Jackson from Iowa looked just so far during these three preseason games? Oh, Luke, uh, Jair Alexander <laughs> has looked fantastic. I mean, he had a great interception yes. against Connor Cook yesterday. The man-to-man coverage, mm-hmm. even though he got... A little burnt on that uh, deep route from Amari Cooper. Uh, he was lights out after that. And then Josh Jackson, the guy is a ball hawker. He led the he led the country in interceptions last year with eight interceptions. He has a great vertical jump. He's nasty on the sidelines. And this is, as a Packers fan, I've never seen such excitement for the secondary than I have since we got since they got Alexander and Josh Jackson. So. That, that's outstanding, man. And, again, it hurts to say as a Viking fan, but, again, I know uh, as a big draft guy, I studied this draft inside and out. The cornerbacks were loaded this year. And even Mike Hughes at, at 30, yep. he's looked good. You mentioned Jair and Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, people forget, defensive back of the year in the Big Ten not long ago. He's got a great pedigree. It makes me scratch my head a little bit 
that the Browns used the fourth overall pick on Denzel Ward, just seeing some of the other talent they could have got well, later. I mean, uh, they probably they probably could have done a little bit more damage. Maybe got another offensive lineman to help Baker Mayfield or somewhere else. But uh, we'll have to save that conversation for another day. Yes, and I, I think definitely, Lou, congratulations. I'll definitely have you on Turning Points the week of the Packers-Vikings game. So Let's When go. they're at Lambeau. So, Luke Edman, host of the Draft Rap Podcast. He covers the Minnesota Vikings. You can find him at Twitter, Luke underscore Spinman. You can also find him on Instagram. Luke, thank you so much for joining us here on Turning Points, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Hey, keep, keep killing it, Jake. You're doing a phenomenal job. And uh, keep up the great work. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. That was uh, Luke Inman. Wow. Uh, left me kind of speechless there for a moment. Because, uh, like I said, I, I pretty much pushed Minnesota to the rearview mirror. But uh, it was great catching up with him. And uh, he'll definitely be a part of the Turning Points family going forward. But, like I said, find him on iTunes, Draft Rap Podcast. And he also covers the Minnesota Vikings. When he return, we will have our final word on one coach that's credibility just got shot to heck and you don't un- you don't want to miss it so it's all coming up next this is turning points on diehard sports radio the headline for this fight should be legend kills